are so blessed to um, be called your missionaries, and we are so blessed to have you guys pray for us and, and support us with every every type you guys have been able to. It's just we just feel overwhelmed with just gratefulness and gratitude, and we love you all very much. So. Um, I know Lucha's excited to tell about um, a Christmas outreach. So although we weren't in Colombia physically, we still did a Christmas outreach <laughs> in Colombia while we were being here, which was very um, interesting organizing it um, so many miles away. But it did happen, and it was beautiful, and it was wonderful. And Lucha is going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Christmas outreach. En diciembre, por lo general, tratamos de recoger ropa y juguetes para dar a los niños más necesitados. So, normally in December, um, we try to um, gather toys and clothes, new clothes, clothes in good condition um, to give out as Christmas presents mm -hmm. to those in need. Y estábamos orando para, para eh, saber cuál era la dirección de Dios en ese momento, porque no teníamos como un lugar a donde entregar estos juguetes y la ropa que habíamos recogido antes de venir a los Estados Unidos. Muy largo. Yeah, okay. Uh, so basically we were praying about where's the place we were supposed to um, hand out all the gifts and the toys um, because we had originally a location and then that location did not happen. So now we had to find a new location. So we're praying, Lord, let us be kind of the right place at the right time with the right people. Y eh, mi esposa, empezamos a orar y mi esposa sintió contactar a una pastora. So uh, my wife and I started to pray and we felt um, led to uh, talk to a, a pastor um, over there. Y... Eh, la pastora dijo, claro, eh, tiene las puertas abiertas para que vengan acá a nuestra iglesia a, a traer pues como estos regalos y estos juguetes. So um, we got a hold of that pastor. It's a, it's a very small church in a very poor neighborhood. And um, we asked if we could use their, their building because they're up in the mountains. And we asked if we could use their building to hand out the gifts and the toys. And they said, yes, of course, come on over, we'd love to. Entonces fue como en dos semanas organizar un equipo de, de, de personas que estuvieran dispuestas a ir y servir pues como en esta hora para el Señor. So although we're over here, we're trying to find enough people that were willing to help us give out the gifts and give out the toys because we weren't there. So we were trying to still make it happen. So we're, we originally had um, one place because that place wasn't going to work and was basically shut down. We had to do another place. So uh, everything we were planning all year long to get changed and to do it within two, do an event within two weeks, it was, it was, it was really crazy. And then to have a team put together in two weeks, it was, it was really, really crazy. <laughs> Pero fue muy bonito ver la disposición de la gente y ellos querían ir, evangelizar, eh, hacer un llamado a, a las personas de ese sector para que puedan recibir un, un regalo de parte de Dios. So um, we were able to get a team together and um, they were willing and ready to evangelize and to give out the gifts and um, it was awesome. We, there was a trampoline there where the kids could come in and play on the trampoline. They had their faces painted. They got the message of the, the gospel given to them. The parents were ministered to and had food, and the kids were running around playing and goofing off, and, and it, was, it was really awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm adding a lot. Just like again, I'm adding a little bit. Así son las mujeres. It's like women are like that. They add a lot. 
Pero lo, lo, lo más bonito de, de, de todo es que al final la pastora dijo que nosotros habíamos sido la respuesta a una oración que ellos habían hecho. And what was wonderful was in the end, um, that pastor said, you guys have been the answer to our prayers. Porque yo no tenía nada para darle a los niños de ese sector. Y fue hermoso también escuchar los testimonios de algunos de los chicos que habían ido a, a dar de su tiempo. And it was really uh, beautiful to hearing one of the testimonies of one of the guys that helped and gave of his time. Eh, porque eso fue, o sea, la iglesia está ubicada cerca de una cárcel en la ciudad de Medellín. Mm -hmm. um, because the, where the church is located, uh, there is a jail right in front of it. Um, yeah, it's in a, it's in a rough neighborhood. Entonces el chico cuando llegó él dijo que él recordó un momento pues de su vida donde el papá estuvo preso en esa cárcel. So when um, I'm going to add a little bit to it. So um, when when pa his name is Paulo. So when Paulo got there to the small church, he said, I know that that jail. That's the one that my dad was in. And he used to visit him every weekend. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Um, and that was, so when he was getting there to do the outreach, he goes, so we're, we, we, are, we are outreaching the people, that sector where my dad went to jail at. And um, his dad had abandoned him at that time, um, or before that time, and him and his mom would, would um, continue to go to um, the, the jail to visit him and to try to kind of consolidate that family. Um, so he said something super powerful to um, the young kids that were there, and he said, you know, you can be raised in a rough neighborhood, but you can still make a right choice, and you can still serve the Lord, and this doesn't have to be your future because there's a jail right in front of this area. You guys can choose a different path. You guys can make a different future. And then he said, just like me, you know, I, I, I chose Jesus. I made a different future for my life because I chose him. Mm-hmm. Y algo que me gustó mucho que él, él dijo ese, ese día es que él regresó a ese lugar, pero para dar vida. And something that I liked that he said, um, he said, I, God brought me back to that place, but this time to, to bring life. Y, y me impactó mucho porque él, él no tenía como preparado algo y él contó el testimonio, contó como su historia de vida. And um, when he got there, he um, didn't have anything prepared to share, but when he realized basically where he was at and what was going on, he started sharing his personal testimony. And the most beautiful thing now is that his dad is serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. Entonces él decía que cuando él estaba en este lugar, él recordaba esos momentos oscuros de su vida y le daba gracias a Dios porque ya ahora él estaba... En otro, en otro lugar, o sea, estaba dando otra, otra, o sea, estaba como en, en otro propósito en ese lugar. Um, so he said, 
él estaba muy feliz porque era algo diferente lo que él estaba viviendo en ese momento. He was really happy because it was something that different that he was living at that time. En el pasado él estaba yendo a ese lugar era a visitar a su papá en la cárcel. So because in the past he would go there to visit his dad at the jail. Y ahora estaba yendo a ese lugar pero para regalo a los niños y compartir la palabra de Dios. And now he's going back to that place to give gifts to children and to uh, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's it's awesome. So God is so good. Thanks for letting me add Amen. the other pieces. Um, God is so good um, because he's moving um, and we're sowing seeds. We're seeing the harvest come to the Lord, um, seeing children give their lives to the Lord, which is beautiful. And um, you can, kids at a very young age can give their hearts to the Lord and serve them all the days of their lives. Um, it's never a waste evangelizing children. It's never a waste evangelizing adults. Um, and there's never a too old or too early time. It's always the right time. So we really believe that we were, even though we weren't there physically in the spirit, we were there and we were at that location at the right time, at the right place with the right people. And God did what he wanted to do. So um, we are going to go back. We would love your prayers. Um, thank you for loving on us and being with us in this journey. Um, I normally, when something's going on, I tell Kins, hey, pray for us. This is what's going on. So if you guys want more info and stuff, you can talk to Kins. And I know that she has you guys pray for us all the time. So thank you so much. I think this is working now. Yay. We are going to pray for them right now. Um, I want us to extend our hands. And um, as we pray, just everyone extend their hands towards them. If you feel led, you want to come up and lay hands on them, you are more than welcome to do that. But um, we are going to just cover them and commission. How David is saying this commissioning as they go back. Because although they've been there before, it's a new season. It's a new season. Good, good. And um, I'm going to just pray over them. Um, but one thing, I just want everyone to hear this, not just you two, because it's important to understand what we're supporting when we support these two. Because they didn't have to say yes to the call. We have a choice. But because you said yes to the call of God, and it's not easy, it's not easy. But because you have said yes, the Lord will pour out his spirit. So we just, I want you guys to lift your voices if you want to pray anything over them. But let's just cover these two and their children in prayer today before they leave their last couple days in the state. So Lord, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus that is a hedge of protection over this family. I speak the favor of God over them, over their household. I pray for provision in every area, lacking in nothing but abounding. We praise you, Lord, for the souls saved, for the healings, for the oppressed set free. We thank you for an increase in deliverance, God, through their ministry. We thank you, God, for divine wisdom and insight from heaven, that they would get downloads from heaven of how to come to um, a solution for even problems that don't seem like a spiritual problem. God, you, your Holy Spirit would speak to them and you would give them divine solutions and answers. We praise you, Lord, that you are protecting their children, that no scheme of the enemy can come against what you have begun in their lives, that you will complete the work. I thank you, God, that you are strengthening them to parent their children 
and love them well, even in the midst of ministry. God, would you give them strength to love their family first, their first ministry, that they would thrive, that those that see them would just be in awe of the family um, that puts God first, truly. Not ministry, not obligations, not outreaches, but God would be first in their lives and in their hearts. So we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. You are their safe place. Even from far away, Lord, I thank you for the work you're doing, even through the prayers of this church, that these two are covered. They are backed by our, our church through prayer, through um, resources, Lord, that we would be the support that they need. But God, this is all to bring you glory, that you would get the glory, that you would be the one lifted up in the, in the country of Colombia, that you would be Jesus, King Jesus, your name would be lifted high. You would be glorified. And I just feel like as I'm praying, I'm just like seeing you guys are on a narrow road. Very few are taking it. But the Lord lights your step. The, it's not always lit. The path is not always lit, but the step, the next step, the next step he's providing. He's showing you the light. So we just thank you, God, for faith to rise up in the two of them. Faith that when they can't see the provision, when they can't see the breakthrough yet, they would have faith in the faithfulness of their father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Be blessed. Thank you, guys. All right. Give it up one more time for our missionaries. Oh, man, that's so good. That story you guys just shared. And I love it because it was the, the thing that stood out to me was what you said at the beginning. The guy was like, you guys were the thing we needed. And it's so simple, but yet so profound how even the partnership between what God, there, there, there is a partnership with us here in this church. Even though we may never see people over there, God is using us to, to, to help them, to spread the gospel, to change lives. And who knows, even if it was just for one, wouldn't you say it was worth it? And there's been hundreds of people who have experienced God's love and experienced freedom just from them saying yes. And so, oh my goodness, that is, that's just so encouraging. Okay, real quick, because I, there's this charge that I feel as pastors and as 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 we move into this next year, I want, I want to just begin, I want to challenge you guys with something. And then afterwards, I want us, anyone who wants prayer for anything, you're just going to come up and we're going to have Lucho and Rayma come back up and Neil and Candice are going to come up and we're going to, and some of our prayer warriors and people, part of the prayer team are going to come up and we're just going to pray over people and, and bless this year. Okay. But before that, what we're going to do is and give me one second here because these are some practicals. Okay, January 9th or the 29th. January 9th is tomorrow. Okay, this is what's going to happen. Come on, let's get excited. We're going to go on a 21-day fast. 21-day prayer and fast. Fasting. Anybody heard of that word? Okay, this is biblical. Old and New Testament. Okay, and I want to just talk about really quick the power of fasting. 
This is not for just some elite group. This is not just for the pastors. This is not for the people who um, are leading in a church. Fasting is for everyone. And this is what I was feeling last night. I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about the power of fasting and fasting. And I just felt like the enemy was trying to just revert and say, no, 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 you don't need to talk about it. Just put the video and then go on. But here's the thing. I really believe that if you would get a hold of these truths and what fasting can produce in your life, you'll never be the same. I said this last week, but the three, this three spiritual disciplines that I feel like have changed my life is one, meditation in the word, and two, praying in the spirit, and three, fasting. If you can get a hold of this, this I feel like as a, even as a church, as a global church, there is a grace for fasting that is being released over the churches to do this. This is not a, this is not a religious obligation. It's not. And I'm going to show you how Jesus trying to, uh, changes our paradigm of thinking when it comes to fasting here in a minute. But I want to just encourage you. So today, if you, if you want to know what my goal is here in the next however many minutes, it's to get you excited and ready and your hearts aligned to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to that. And maybe it's not 21 days completely, but I'm going to commit to fasting these, these next three weeks over a period of days to see God move in a mighty way. If you want to know fasting, the, it's, at its fundamental core, what it is is you're basically abstaining from food so that you can draw near to the Lord. So whether that's a partial or a complete fast, and I heard some people are like getting scared, like, man, I, I'm still enjoying the sweets from the new year. They still might. You don't got to throw them out. Just let them rot, okay? <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you would catch the power of this, this is what it's going to do for us these next 21 days, even as a church. It's gonna, this is a reset button for our souls to be aligned to the will of God. How many of you would want that? I know for me, if it's like there's other disciplines that we go into the year, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to um, try to save more money. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to treat my coworker. I'm going to treat my spouse better. All these things. If you would focus on one thing, all the other things would come under in alignment. And this is putting Christ at the center and, and, and focusing on him. So why are we fasting? Okay, why am I saying and making this a big deal? Let's, like, let's go on this fast. Here, here's what, it, what it's going to do. And this is what I believe for all of us. We're fasting for, for this personal encounters with Jesus, more, more of his presence to receive revelation of God's heart and his will, the release of power in ministry as we're out in the streets, as we minister to our family, there's going to be power and boldness for the healing of our land. That's why we're fasting. We believe God's going to do something great in our country and in in even in our city, that he will heal our land and for family members who are lost. That's the point. Raise your hand right now. If you, if you've, if you were once like really lost and God set you free from something. Just raise your hand. Look at, look at, and I'm sure some of you guys are, you know, look at, I'm, I'm right there. But if you can, if you can fast even for someone else to experience that same freedom, it's worth it. 
Okay, so we're going to go on a 21-day where we, and I'm going to talk about the practicals of this. If you're like, oh, I have dietary restrictions and I can't do this, we'll get there. I want to make sure, though, just to encourage you to get your heart in the right place and understand this is so powerful. This is what it says in Daniel 9.3. It says, if you want to put this up there, Richie, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And then he says in Daniel 10, verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Your words were heard. And I have become, I have come because why? Of your words. Okay. I just want to whet your appetite and say, like, I, and get you to say, you know what? I want to do this fast. Here's what, for me, this is what it's been like. Anytime I've, I've entered into this discipline, the word of God, as you open it up, there's times where you feel like, oh, I'm understanding it. But it goes, the understanding for it goes from just a tapping hammer to a sledgehammer when you fast. The, the ability to even to understand, here's a big one, to hear, to hear God's voice goes from a whisper to a roar. That's, that's, what, that's what it does. And, and, the, and the other thing is, even as, as you begin to fast and as you just meditate on the Lord, you, re, you get this revelation of the Father's love for you. From It's not just a verse, for God so loved the world, he gave his son. And you're like, oh, God loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. No, you really know it. And it changes you. Because you're like, there's a God who created all this, who loves me, who cares for me. And we begin to, to grasp the height and the depth of his love. Now, I want to just encourage you, like I said, let me tell you instances in scripture where the people fasted and prayed and God moved in a mighty way. Okay, the Israelites in Nehemiah 9, and you can write these down and I encourage you and then go look at them later on. Nehemiah, Nehemiah 9, because I'm not going to read it. The Israelites fasted and lifted up prayers of praise and confession after sinning against God. What I love about this, the people, it literally says for a quarter of the day, they just praised him. A quarter of the day, they praised God. They worshiped him. And then another, another quarter of the day, they just repented of their sin. They said, God, we are so sorry. We, so they're praising him. They're repenting. So half the day was spent just praising him and that's in nehemiah 9 esther fasts okay with israel and prays for strength to ask her husband to spare israel okay from uh, from 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 haman's plot to kill their people she fasted and prayed david prays and fasts for his enemies daniel fasts and prays to lament israel's disobedience and ask god to have mercy on his people there's a prophet anna who fasted and prayed regularly for Israel, and then prophesied for Mary and Joseph about Jesus. And then Paul and Barnabas prayed and fast to ask for guidance, for God to help them appoint elders over the first century church. Okay, 
I believe that the Spirit of God is preparing the church for the greatest revival that we've ever seen and the greatest pressure. But, and so radical changes are needed. Regular fasting is a part of this change. So get ready and just stir. I hope I'm stirring your heart, but there's power in this, okay? I love that it's called fasting, fast. I really believe the things that we're praying for, we're going to get there faster when we submit to this and offer our bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord. And um, I'm still looking for the verse on that, the fast and slow, but I'm serious. <laughs> this, I, I believe that something happens and you see it, right? You, you see it. Look what happened. So in Nehemiah, God welcomes Israel back into his arms. Okay. The king spared Esther's life after it was a law that you could not go in and talk to the king unannounced. But they prayed and fast that the king would have mercy, and he did, and he spared their people. Okay, in Psalms, the same thing. David, he was recognized as a man after God's own heart. He was praying for his enemies. Anna, the, 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 the prophetess who prayed and, and prophesied to, to Mary and Joseph, she gets to meet Jesus after praying and fasting all those years. And then Paul and Barnabas found the right people to lead, the elders. Listen, all the, throughout all scripture, when the people prayed and fast, something happened. God began to move. But here's what I want to tell you. Just a, this is a, a warning. Okay? Whether you, if you do a food fast, if you do, be prepared. The first couple of days, you're going to feel like there's no fruit in it. You're going to say, I'm starving, I'm hangry, I'm kind of seeing blurry, I don't really understand what I'm reading because I can barely focus, I'm thinking about, you know, buying a cheeseburger at McDonald's because it's right there. <laughs> but let me tell you what happens, you get to a point where you're now, your, your body kind of adjusts, then your, the spirit man begins to come alive and, and go, comes into front of your body and now everything's in alignment, and now you begin to see things that you've never seen as you read, as you pray. There's a boldness. There's, there's something that happens. So I, I just want to tell you that because you may go into this in the first couple of days is what you need to get past. And maybe you're not fasting all day and whatever, but you need to understand there is going to be resistance. But you, once you get past the resistance, it is glorious you will see that God will begin to show you things and move in a way that you've never seen. That's the power of fasting. And why do I say this is because we as people in this culture are being fed. You need to be strong. You need to, be, you need to, be, you need to wake up. You need to get your mind right. You need to be at your best. You need to get your warm-up in so you can move around and be strong and be in strength. Work in your strength. Right? The, there's, no, there's no room for the weak. But the Bible is counterculture. It actually, the word of God says, when you are weak, he is strong. 
And I love what Paul says. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Again, like I said, you might feel a little weak. You might even feel like you're foggy. You're tired. But when you are weak, he is strong. When we give God our strength, that's when he begins to manifest his. I'm telling you, if, you've, if you're like, what are you saying? That? It's like, how does that even make sense? It's a mystery. But there's power in fasting. So Matthew 9, if you have your Bible, really fast. And I'm just going to run through this because I want us to pray and allow our missionaries just to bless our church as well. Matthew 9, I'm going to read verses 14 through 17. Okay, I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, Then the disciples of John came to him, they came to Jesus, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? I love how Jesus answers a question with a question. Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. The disciples of John and the Pharisees are considered the religious elite. Right? You watch The Chosen, you see this. They dress different, they act different, they talk different. Okay. And they're wondering, why are we fasting? And Jesus and his disciples, all you guys do is eat. Like everywhere you go, we see you guys just lounging, eating, breaking bread. Why is that? And this is an interesting perspective because Jesus, this is where he shifts our paradigm of fasting right here. He asks a question and he puts it into the, the, into the terms of the bridegroom. It's the, he, he's talking in this bridal language. And he says, listen, guys, I want you to catch this. He's telling John's disciples and the Pharisees, listen, guys. And this is what Jesus was doing. He goes, these last three, three and a half years, you know what? While the bridegroom is here, you know what I'm doing? I'm getting these guys basically so hooked on my love, on my presence, on their devotion to me. But there's going to come a time, and he's talking about his death and resurrection, well, I'll no longer be here. And then they will fast. And you see this. When Jesus goes to the, when he goes to the cross, he's in the grave. The disciples were mourning. They were longing for him. The proximity of Jesus, they had, they had longed for it. And here, here, here's what I... He's saying there will come a time where they're going to long and mourn and desire me in my presence. 
I want you to say that word, desire. John 17, 24 says this, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you love me before the foundations of the world. When you get wrecked with desire for the Lord, hunger for the Lord, hunger for food doesn't matter. The desire for things of this world, for material things, your schedule doesn't matter when you get wrecked for desire for the Lord. You know, you, the things you plan for the future, they don't matter when you get wrecked with the desire for the Lord. I remember, I'll just share this real quick, but I remember, I want to give you guys a picture of this because I remember my engagement season with my wife. I remember that like it was yesterday. I mean, I would go, I would stay up after practice. We practiced from six to nine. It's a weird time to practice in college, but that's when we had the field. And afterwards, I would say, I want to go see my, my bride-to-be. And so she was 20 minutes, and they were doing a service at 10 o'clock. Come on, that's too late. But it, Nine o'clock, nine to 10. So I was running late. But let me tell you, when my engagement season... I would work more to get more money to spend it on her. I would take time out of my schedule to go see her. I would cross off my plans to do her plans because I had a desire to be with her. When the desire for the Lord, when you get this desire for him, nothing else matters. It is radical, but let me tell you, as you begin to just to, Seek him. As you begin to lay down the other things of your life, you're going to see that he, he, he just becomes more than just words, but a reality for you. And so here's the challenge. We know that the, the Bible encourages us to pray and fast, right? We agree on that. And we know that when the two disciplines, because we don't just want to not eat anything and say, oh, we lost some weight and we're good. We want to insert, we want to spend time with the Lord. We want to open up the word. And even if it's for you, you're like, I can't do that with my schedule. Maybe it's a, a, a meal a week. You're saying, I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to take my Bible. I'm going to sit in my car. I'm going to meditate on the word, and I'm just going to pray. But make it a point to do it over these next few weeks. And then you're going to be like, oh, I need more than that. I need another day. I need another lunch. Or maybe I'm going to do breakfast and lunch. And I'm just going to pig out for dinner. Whatever it is for you. Okay? But as we come along these next 21 days, I want you guys to prayerfully consider what it is that the Lord wants you to do. Okay? As a church, that's what we're challenging you with. Now, there's different types of fasts if you want some practicals. There is selective fasts where you're going to say, I'm going to abstain from certain types of food. The Daniel fast, which we see and a lot of people do during this time, is you're basically saying you remove meats, sweets, and bread. Okay? And you have water, juice, and everything else is good. There's also different partial fasts where you say, I'm going to miss this meal, lunch, or I'm going to miss breakfast, lunch, and I'm going to eat dinner. And during those times, you're just going to pray, meditate on the word. Okay? There's also a complete fast. 
Okay, if anyone wants to do that, where you just do straight water. And um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> There's a time and a place, though. If the, Lord, if the Lord leads you to do any of this, you know, that's, that's what he's saying. And then here's the last one that I want to just encourage you with. Because maybe you're someone in here and you're like, I'm on a specific, like, way of eating and I can't change that. Maybe there's medical reasons. You have to eat a certain way and you're like, I can't mess with food. But this is where what we call a soul fast. And this is what, where you, maybe you say, for the next 21 days, I'm going to get rid of the TV. I'm going to get rid of social media however the Lord leads you. But you take this time to realign your heart and mind on the Lord and just dig into his word and meditate and pray. And um, so I just want to say this, reiterate this. The timing or the type of your fast is not as important as the strength of your focus on God as you fast. So you just focus on him whatever it is, we want to put more focus on him these next 21 days and watch God move in a mighty way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's stand. I want to pray over over our church today that the Lord would just um, release this grace to fast. And after we pray... And please, please, go home. Set aside a few minutes and say, Lord, what are you saying to, to me? What am I supposed to do? For some of you, I believe that God has already spoken. And even you may think, no, that's just my voice. How about maybe think, maybe that's God. Maybe that is God. Let me just commit to it. And he, I just need to say this. If there's a day or two and you feel like you don't, you're not uh, just doing what you prompt or you set out to do that's all right don't there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus next day oh lord i'm just gonna, i'm just going to get right back on it okay this isn't a religious duty this is an opportunity for us to draw near to draw near the lord and i believe we there's there's going to be much fruit that comes out from us dedicating these next 21 days to him and if you want to join us, maybe make it a point. These next three Wednesdays, come and join us Wednesday night. Come and sit and pray and open up your word. Just, just be in the presence of God. Cancel out some of the other appointments this, this month and say, I'm going to go to Bible study this Monday night. I'm going to go to Wednesday night. And watch what the Lord does. I'm telling you, this will change your life. This will change your family. And so let's join me in praying. And if you want, just, just lift your hands right here. And, and we're going to ask for the grace of fasting to be released here today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your, for your blood, for the sacrifice of your son on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that we can, we can come into your presence more freely because of what you've offered yourself because of the blood. And right now, Lord, I pray that you would just release this grace to fast and to pray, Lord, that like never before, that these next few weeks would be a time that we look back and we say, 
man, God really changed my perspective on this. God answered that prayer. God was faithful in showing me what to do. And, I, I, and it, we would feel the wisdom and the grace of the Lord on our lives as we enter into this fast. So we just thank you, Lord, for that. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.